Water, earth, fire, air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. Hey, what's up, you guys? Hey. <laughs> Welcome back to Maximum Bumpitude. If you haven't guessed it, we're talking about Avatar. The last airbender, baby. Airbender. The best version of Avatar. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, guys. I've only seen a few episodes, <laughs> but I agree. <laughs> I just rewatched the whole series, and it got me in my feelings, so... Yeah, that series is will forever and always be like one of my favorite shows. It's such a good show. It like, is and like objectively. Yeah, it's not just like a kids show type of thing. Like I watched mm-hmm. it as a kid and then I like rewatched it like my first year of college. Oh, and, like, I, oh my god, I did again. the same thing. <laughs> yeah, rewatching it again, I was like, wow, like there's so many life lessons that I learned from this show that I didn't realize that I like internalized actually at my like at my college we i was in the honors college and they, 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 they did this thing where they showed like every week they showed a few episodes of avatar and it was huh. great yeah it, it was would just great. be like a few people leading up to watch it it was awesome i love avatar yeah me and it's my so friend good. we would we'd get together that would be our nightly ritual we'd watch a couple episodes of avatar and drink jasmine tea oh that's so cute that was our like nightly thing that we did oh man so isabel has like a whole list of things yeah i'm gonna like let her lead i went hard on typing i didn't even have to do any research for this (laughs) this is all in the dome all from the dome yeah so, for those of you who didn't watch Avatar growing up, you were robbed as a child, Emma. Like me, You yes. were robbed of, like, a great television show that's really important I to mean, watch in, like, your formative years. To be fair, I didn't really watch that much TV as a kid. I watched, like, a couple of shows, but it wasn't that consistent. The only thing I really watched consistently was Disney Channel. Occasionally, I'd watch stuff on Cartoon Network, but I didn't, like, follow things, like, religiously or anything. I usually just played outside a lot of the time, so. I don't think Ooh, I... Look at, look at Emma getting exercise. Like, yeah, I know. Look at child. Emma trying to be like, I didn't watch TV as a kid. Well, I mean, I had neighbors, and we always would hang out in my backyard, so. Whatever. Look at you being social. ride around the neighborhood social. on bikes and stuff. Well, like, the antisocial children like myself, <laughs> on Saturdays, we would watch <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> I never, I didn't actually, when I was a kid, I didn't actually watch through the whole thing. I just remembered see, a few sporadic episodes. Yeah, I think that's Yeah, how, see, like, I remember. it. I think it that's how it was, is vaguely. that, like, when it was first coming out, I didn't really watch it, but I would watch, like, reruns and, like, repeats of episodes type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I remember watching the finale. I think, like, the last season I watched, like, consistently type of thing. Because mm-hmm. it would come on at, like, I don't remember what day it came on. But it would start showing around, like, 5 o'clock. 5 or 6. Hmm. 
is when it would, like, premiere each week. But it wasn't until, like, the last season that I remember, like, I remember watching the finale. Why do you remember details this specific? Like, what time it came on? I don't even remember what I was doing 100% of the time in my childhood. I didn't ask for this. This was not a skill that I wanted. It's just what I got. Listen. Isabel, go through your list of things that you wanted to say about Avatar. Yes, I will. Wait, I wasn't... I didn't give an overview. So it's this boy. He was in, in an iceberg. Frozen for 100 you know, years. this boy? He's 12. <laughs> just this dude. He's a boy. He's the last of his He's kind. He's a baby. Because the Fire Nation like committed mass genocide you know how it is it do be like that you know <laughs> sometimes your nation commits mass genocide you know but it's all for a laugh you know yeah um ah, terrible and he has to learn to bend all the four elements water earth fire he already knows air those are the names of the seasons Book one, water. Book two, earth. Book three, fire. And then each episode, mm-hmm. instead of being like episode two, it's like chapter two. So, that's cool. That's fun. Yeah, it's like it's like book one, chapter two. Book one is yeah. water. So in this world, it's like, there, each culture is based off of like some, um, each like nation is based off of like an Asian culture. So you have, like, the Fire Nation, which they can, like, bend fire. And it's based off of, like, Japanese culture. You have the Earth Kingdom. And they're based off of Chinese culture. You have the Water Tribe, based off of Inuit culture. And then you have the Air Nomads. And they're based off of, like, Tibetan, Nepal type of jazz, you know? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. cool pretty That's cool. cool and then characters i got i wrote down a whole bunch of characters and then my <laughs> oh we already know who one of your faves are okay look chill out hold on let me get to him <laughs> <laughs> we know so we have you Aang, the titular is. character he is the last airbender you know and he is the avatar He's a great kid, very goofy, funny. Love him. And he's got he's got the arrows on his head. Yeah, he's heard. the one with the arrows. Yeah. He's got some sick tats. Yeah, the blue arrow. Sick tats. And he had oh wait, never mind, you'll get to that. And he has what? <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say the, the, the sky bison, the Oh yeah. The he has Appa and Momo. Appa is his uh, flying what? bison. <laughs> Appa was in was in oh, okay. the um, he was in the uh the iceberg with him. Yeah, he was. And they and just he's found also Momo. the last the last one. Yeah. I mean until you watch like Legend Wait, of who's Momo? Like, Momo is the flying lemur. Okay. I also love all the different like um animals in this show. Yeah, I do too. Like a wolf like, bear. Like they're all hybrids. Yeah, or like a platypus bear. Yeah, a platypus bear. Oh yeah, those I did enjoy that, yeah. It's so cute. It's like I don't know, it's just like a cute little bit of world building that I didn't really have to do, but it's just like cute, you know? This show does, has like amazing world building. Yeah, it's incredible. It's like so thought out and like, 
meticulously like detailed. Anyway. The next character is Katara. She's like the mom figure. And she's also, but also she's like she's like a just badass. Mean. Yeah. She is a badass. She's like one of the best waterbenders. Yeah, and they're from uh she's she's from the Southern Water Tribe. Yeah. Just sort of like a little village. Yes. And she's the last waterbender in her tribe. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, that episode where she and Zuko go and find We'll get there. Person. We'll get there, Ellie. Don't okay. you worry. We'll get there. So then <laughs> we have Katara's brother Sokka. Who I like. I like Sokka. He was always I funny. I love Sokka. He was but my he, favorite when I was a kid. Yeah, he's not a bender. Besides so Zuko. So he doesn't have any, like, abilities or anything like that. But that doesn't make him any less important. Yeah. Oh, I like him. From your episode, yeah. from, like, the episodes you saw. <laughs> I liked him. He was funny. He's great. He's comic relief, but he's also smart. He is. And he's then we like have the, Toph. The, plans, the plans guy. Yeah, he is. And then we have Toph. She comes in. She's a bad bitch. She's great. She's an earthbender. Toph is like the, the perfect character. I know. She's blind, but she like kicks ass. She's, oh, she does. She's blind, but she's an earthbender, and she like um, sees with her feet, sort of. Like, yeah. She like feels the vibration. Exactly. The vibrations of the earth. But she's also like the best earthbender ever in the world. Yes. She is the and greatest she also invents metal bending. Yes. Exactly. She's just, like, iconic of her. The way she earthbends is, like, so cool, too, because, like, it's just, she's, like, the small, like, little girl who, like, she doesn't like to be seen as, like, helpless, and, like, all of her bending is just very, like, forceful, like, she's trying to punch you. Yeah. I love all the fight choreography in this show. Yeah. Like, the animation of the fight choreography is amazing. Because mm-hmm. each one, like each like bending style, is based off of a different type of martial art. Mm-hmm. And there's so much like research and care that goes into this show. That's like, it just makes it so good. Mm-hmm. Next character, we stand. We, we do stand. stand. I, we stand. <laughs> Man, people are gonna get tired of us saying that. No, they'll never. They're here for the long run, like. Uh... <laughs> They'll never get tired. What do you want to do? <laughs> Alright, our next character, and my favorite. <laughs> Momo. We have Prince Zuko, baby. Oh. The angsty boy. My angsty boy. He's a firebender. He's a banished prince. And he's got some hardcore daddy issues. The best redemption right up your alley. arc. Best redemption arc of any character ever in the he world. He does. He has... His... His character arc is so good that it is now, like, a description for other character arcs. <laughs> this is, like, the peak. This is, like, the pinnacle of what you try to achieve. Yeah. He has a, he has a big old scar on his face, which we learn, like, in the first few episodes is that his dad gave him because he spoke out of turn. When he was, like, 13. He was 13, I think. Yeah. He was, like, 13, and his father severely burned him and disfigured him for the rest of his life. And then banished him. That's rude. And then banished him, yeah. In, in like, public, too. Like, it wasn't, like, a private thing. Like, he did this in front of people. Yeah. Wow. And he sent him on his quest for the Avatar. 
which he at said the time he they would've... thought was a completely like useless. Yeah, like a doomed quest. Yeah. It's just so like go up the Avatar and you can't come back until you have him and then that'll restore your honor. He's very like honor. He's like honor. Uncle. Oh, I have seen memes about that. <laughs> honor. Uncle honor. That's any key anytime someone brings up honors, it goes like, yes. <laughs> I have to restore my <laughs> Me. honor. It's great. I love Zuko, and Zuko is the reason why I have a type. <laughs> I think that, I think that's the case for many of today's youth. Today's this is the young adults. This is the character that I was like, mm, yeah, that that'll be the deciding <laughs> factor one. for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's See, that one. I I have two types that are exemplified by this by this TV show. One type is the um is the Zuko type, but the other type is the Sokka type. The I love the Sokka comic too, relief yeah. who actually has depth and you know. Actually, yeah, because in Voltron, like, Lance was my... I loved Lance. He was my favorite. And I could, like... Mm-hmm. But that. they didn't... But they just bastardized his everything. They did. They really dropped the ball. They dropped that's what, the ball. That's what fan fictions are for, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> I used to read a lot of Voltron fan fiction. Yeah. All right, okay. next anyway. is Uncle Iroh, who's my second favorite, who is, like... I love this man, and, like, he gives the best advice ever, and it has, like, stuck with me throughout my life, and I wrote down some of, like, his, like, important quotes. These aren't even all of them. These are, like, every single episode, he just comes out with something that you're like, yes, exactly. He just bows some wisdom. I know, and so I wrote, he's literally the best character ever, and he loves tea. And And Zuko. Yeah, he loves Zuko so much. He's, like, the father figure that Zuko never had. And, like, in the end of season one, when Zuko's, like... Everyone thinks Zuko's dead because this General Zhao, like, blew up their ship. And they thought Zuko was on there. So Zuko, like, faked his death, kind of. And, um... Like, when Iroh's helping him, like, run away, basically, he tells him, like... Ever since he lost his son, he's seen him as a son, and he's just been trying to help him this whole time. And he's the only one that ever called Zuko Prince Zuko. And <laughs> it hurts my heart. It's what so a man. good. He's such a great father figure to Zuko. He's so good. Oh, man. He's just so happy. Mm. Okay. He's so good. Uh, so, some, so these are some of the quotes that I wrote. Sometimes life is like this dark tunnel. You can't always see the light at the end of the tunnel, but if you just keep moving, you will come to a better place. Oh. There's another one. That's such a good it one. Is. You must never give in to despair. Allow yourself to slip down that road, and you surrender to your lowest instincts. In the darkest times, hope is something you give yourself. That is the meaning of inner strength. Man, spitting fire. Yeah, he- Literally. <laughs> He actually does spit fire in one episode. (laughs) He is the dragon of the West. Yeah. Oh, and this this quote is in, like, one of the best interactions between him and Zuko in season two. It's time for you to look inward and start asking yourself the big questions. Who are you and what do you want? Because he never got to decide for himself what he wanted. I know, because his 
he's always been driven by this destiny thing that he's that has been shoved onto him. And it isn't until season three that he finally makes his own decisions, you know? Mm-hmm. At and the then, end of season two, though. Oh, that hurts. I know, it did. We'll get, we'll get there. And this quote is yeah. also from season two. When Iroh is teaching Zuko... Emma, you saw this episode. It's when Iroh is teaching Zuko to redirect lightning. It is important to draw yeah, wisdom yeah. from many places. And he has his real angsty thing on top oh, of the yeah, mountain. Oh, yeah, yeah, where he's so. like... Hit me! You've never held back before. And yeah. he's crying into like the thunderstorm. Yeah, that one, my boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this one is. It is important to draw wisdom from many different places. If you take it from only one place, it becomes rigid and stale. Facts. Like very. Pride is not the opposite of shame, but its source. True humility is the only antidote to shame. Yes. That's a good one. Probably. These are all like. Amazing yeah, and these are just time. like these. This I is just a cursory glance. Like, quotes is this man. These aren't even all of them. Life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not. Protection and power are overrated. I think you are very wise to choose happiness and love. There are reasons each of us are born. We have to find those reasons. Oh. I love Iroh so much. This he's makes awesome. me feel warm inside. He does. No, he's like he's like the world's dad. He is. Uncle He's Iroh. like a dad. He's amazing. Like to, to like every character like throughout the series who's always just sort of like gets giving him wisdom no matter what who they are. Like Toph runs into him at one point when she like breaks off from the rest of the group because I don't know, she and Katara argued, I think. Mhm. And he just gives her some advice and it's just so sweet. It is, and that was one where he's like, having tea with a stranger is one of life's, having tea with an interesting stranger is one of life's great gifts or something like that, and I'm like, yes, oh, I love Iroh. It's amazing, like, he just takes everything in stride, and he's just always trying he to does. help people. Even when they're like, quote unquote, the bad guys, when Zuko is like, the bad guy in season one, mm-hmm. there are like, times when, like, they meet up that Iroh, like, gives, like, Aang and his friends, like, some, just, bars. He just drops it. Bars. Some dope advice. So, yeah, that's Iroh. I love Iroh. But on to, like, the quote-unquote, like, villains. We got Azula. She is a bad bitch. Love a good villain. She is a bad bitch. Like, (laughs) she's, what what a great character. Like, the, her arc at the end really got me this time. Yeah, her... It made me really emotional. It did. It's so good and well, like, thought out. And no, then I it, like, puts could've... it all into perspective that she's only 14. Like, in the show, she's, on, she's like, supposed to be 14. Mm-hmm. And she's so, like, cunning and manipulative and just ambitious and then at the end, when you just see her break, it's, like, it's so like, jarring. Yeah. Because she's so like put together. Upsetting. Yeah. She's so put together throughout the whole show. Like, not even a hair out of place most of the time. And at the mm-hmm. end, she just is totally, like, broken on the inside. So she's got issues. so sad. 
I'm intrigued. You should. Emma, you I hope so. Like, I guess it just sort of like shows the different paths Azuko and Azula took. Yeah. Because Azula was the prodigal child. Yeah, what? she was always doing everything right, and she was like super good at firebending. Yeah, what is it Zuko says? Azula was born lucky. Oh, what is it? It's like, it's Zuko's dad would always tell him this, and that's and this is like messed up that he's... Oh, this, I remember he goes, this. Um, Azula was born lucky. I was lucky to be born. Yeah. Oof. No, like, it's imagine like, your dad telling you that, lol. No. Look, Zuko's got some hardcore daddy issues, my guy. Like, hardcore. I mean, like, For yeah. all the right reasons, like... Yeah. Emma, I hope what you take away from this is that you should watch this show. I know. I really should you watch it. You will like it. I promise show. you, you'll like it. Oh, we have more characters, don't we? Oh, yeah, we do. We have Ty Lee. She's the circus <laughs> Sorry, girl. I just read part of this. <laughs> My aura has never been pinker. <laughs> no, I was reading ahead to Suki's and, okay. <laughs> so we have Ty Lee and May, who's like the goth girlfriend. She's big titty goth GF. <laughs> I, th- I don't think I don't think May and Zuko should have gotten together at the I don't end. either I didn't really like that even when I was a little I was like meh May yeah. and Tylee should date yeah that would be cute though I I like both of them they're fine they're like they get some character development in like that beach yeah, episode they- yeah, they didn't really come in until the second, second season, season yeah. and then they weren't there very often. Mostly they were just sort of, like, lackeys. Mm-hmm. But they're but fine. I think, yeah, if we had seen a little bit more of them, we would have... Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, and then we have Suki next. Love I Suki. Love Suki. She's also a bad bitch. She's she's a Kyoshi warrior. Kyoshi she was is. one of the previous avatars. Yes. Who, um, and then, you know, she was cool. She was cool. Kyoshi was cool. You do get to learn about, like, the previous avatars, and that's pretty interesting. Like, Aang's past lives. Yeah, there's, like, little tidbits sprinkled in. Like, you learn, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, the episode about Avatar Roku and, and, um, the, uh, what's this, what's this, what's this nuts? Sozin. Sozin, yeah. Sozin and Avatar Roku, that whole episode where you see Zuko and Aang, and, like, both learning about it, like, in different places, man. Yes. That is such a good episode. That's one of the notable ones, Ellie. I got you. Literally every episode in season three is notable. It is. Oh, Suki also helps cure Sokka of sexism. (laughs) (laughs) She makes him him drink his respect women juice, and he hasn't stopped since. Exactly. It is the quenchiest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then the, the, the Kyoshi Warriors, they fight with fans. They wear this face paint, and they fight with fans. And there's yeah. a scene where um, Sokka dresses up like the Kyoshi Warriors because he wants to learn from them, and I think that part's really sweet. It is, because he, like, criticizes them at first, because he's like, oh, you guys are all women, like, you can't fight, and then, like, they beat his ass. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's like, like, where's the never men? Mind. He's like, where's the men that captured us? And he's like, and she's like, hmm. Yeah, and then he realizes he was being, like, The dumb. worst. Yeah, so he he asked them to teach him. And they do. And he's like, wow, you guys are awesome. Love you. And then him and Suki, like, get together. 
and it's really sweet. It is sweet. It's one of the relationships that I'm really, like, into. Some of these relationships, I'm like, eh, you didn't have to do that. But, yeah. but this one, I'm just like... I liked it. Oh, That's and then we one have of my only Jet. complaints about this show, that it kind of, like, pairs everyone off. Yeah, it does. At the end. Like, you don't have to, but... I mean, I guess, except Toph, but also Toph is too powerful for any one person. She's like, yeah. This is true. <laughs> she is too powerful. <laughs> I know this from my few episodes. This is true. Oh, I love Toph. I put Jet on this list. I don't know why I put him on this list, but I just felt like he was kind of important. Because, like, he's... I don't know who these people okay, are, Okay, so listen. He starts you. off as being, like... You're like, ooh, he's this, like bad boy like freedom fighter Ooh, he's like he's bad he's hot he's a bad boy and then he's like is that what you're thinking and then he's like slightly unhinged and you're like oh (laughs) oh maybe not yeah and then he makes a reappearance later also so he does and he like kind of redeems himself in a way he does redeem himself i think yeah i just feel so bad for him they really did jet dirty yeah his storyline is very like ambiguous at the end even so that in the like in the recap episode for the series they even address how like i mean because it's on nickelodeon so they can't be like we killed this character they can't really show him dying but like he did die he died he's dead he is dead oops (laughs) whoops and then we have the big, big bad, Fire Lord Ozai, who's voiced by Mark Hamill. My man. My man. Gotta love Mark Hamill. I do too. He's just evil and terrible. Fire yeah. Lord. Fire Lord. Not, not but Mark like Hamill. the moment you hear him speak, you're like, that's Mark Hamill. <laughs> like, I know who that is. <laughs> so, on to season one. Notable Ooh, episodes. Yeah. The Boy in the Iceberg slash The Avatar Returns. So this is episodes one and two. And this mm-hmm. is, like, where the entire thing starts. Like, all the setup and everything. Yeah. So it's a You'd l- really hope that those were notable episodes, otherwise yeah. you did not do a good starting you know, your honestly, show. Honestly, yeah. like, most of the first episodes are notable, but... <laughs> except for, like, season three. And it's just like, meh, I can do without it. It's fine. It's just, like, plot. It's just setup. But, yeah, The Boy in the Iceberg and The Avatar Returns. Those are where you get, like, the first rundown of all your, like, major characters. Yeah, and also sort of the backstory, like, who who the heck the Avatar is. Yeah, the opening is different in the first episode. Yeah, because they haven't met Aang yet. Yeah, so it's a complete, like, exposition dump in the first, like, two minutes of the show. It's just, like, setting you up in what world we're in. Like, a brief history of everything that's happened, just so you're, like, caught up to speed as to, like, you have context as to what's going on. And then next is the Kyoshi Warriors, where you meet Suki. And then the Winter Solstice is the first time you go into the spirit world, which is a thing that Aang can do. Because the Avatar is, a, is the bridge between our world and the spirit world. Wait, isn't that the episode with, um, with, um, what's it, Heibei? Ko, is that his name? the face stealer. Heibei, no, like, yeah, the, 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 the bear, they go in that, they go in this, like, um, yeah, he turns, this, it's this a, small it's, little village. Yeah. And then it's he has to go into the spirit world. It's that black and white thing. Hmm? 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Black and White Spirit, yeah. Hey, bye. That's his name. Hey, bye. And that's the first time we figure out when, like, um, that he's, like, the, like, the bridge between the spirit world and, like, the flesh world, whatever. Yeah, the flesh. Ugh. (laughs) The spirit world isn't really fleshed out that much. Which, I sort of like it that way. But in Legend of Korra, they go way more in-depth and, like, about the spirit world type of thing. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, also, I think it probably would have been too much if they went into all that, too. Yeah. But, like, I like it because it kind of lends it an air of mystery. It's so just sort of... Which I guess is sort of how it's supposed to feel. Yeah. But there's where we meet, like, Ko the face dealer. And, like, as a kid, that was one of, like, the <sighs> creepiest things ever. Freaks me out. It's, like, this centipede-type creature who, like... Uh-uh. If you, if you look at him and you make, like, any expression, he will steal your face. He'll steal it, and then he'll, like, have it. Yeah. And it's scary. And he can, like, switch between all these different faces. It's really creepy. That's creepy. It is. It is And, like, creepy. the sound design of when he moves, ugh. <laughs> it's, like... It is so bad. It's so bad. bad, I mean good, but, like, bad. Unsettling. And then we have the episode Jet, which is because, like, I don't know. I put Jet on the list, so I might as well, like, put his intro episode... I guess because it shows that it's not just the Fire Nation that are bad. Like, and it's not that the... all Fire Nation is bad, too. Yeah, because even though that they're scene... the bad guys, like, even on the quote-unquote, like, good guy team, there are some people who take it way too far. Like, this guy was gonna, blo- was gonna flood an entire village of civilians just because they were Fire Nation. Because, yeah. And it also shows that just, like, the Fire Nation civilians are just sort of living in... You know, the world. Yeah. It's not like they're complicit just by being Fire Nation, you know? Yeah. You could, like... I feel like you could do some, like, academic research about how it introduces, like... Like, colonization and, like, wartime and civilian, yeah, like... like the whole concept of the, of the war, like, it's an actual literal war. It's not like it's like a like a good guys versus bad guys. It's a war. Yeah. It's the crazy. next one is oh. the Sorry, storm. No, we'll that. The storm is one of my favorite episodes because it like because the storm is where we get more backstory about Zuko and Ang. Which oh, the yeah, show there's... does this thing wherever they like whenever they give Ang backstory they usually give Zuko backstory in the same episode to show like how they parallel type of thing yeah like it's concurrent yeah they're always connected somehow in some way and I really like that um oh my god I forgot to put one of my favorite episodes in season one the blue spirit anyway the storm let me get to the storm first and then I can tell you about the blue spirit (laughs) (laughs) so the storm we get to figure out like how Aang ended up in that iceberg and it's because he never wanted to be the avatar like he didn't want that responsibility he didn't want that kind of life because it pushed Mm -hmm. all of his friends away and it like it kind of isolated him you know yeah and he was just a kid when they told him he was just 12 and so he runs away and he ends up like getting caught in the storm and his avatar state takes over, and it saves him by, like, freezing him and Appa in an iceberg. And then... And he's in there for a hundred years. Yeah, but Can right after that? he runs away, the Fire Nation comes and wipes out 
his entire people. Because they they're trying to find the Avatar. And the way that it works is he's, like, reincarnated as a different vendor each time. Mm-hmm. It so goes through a the cycle. Last one, since the last one was Roku. And he was fired. fired. Yeah. Air next. And so he's just going to wipe out all their... All the airbenders. So, yeah. Yikes. Pretty, it is big yikes. But then you learn in Zuko's, like, backstory about how um, he spoke out against his father and how his father challenged him to an Agni Kai, which is like a, it's a duel between firebenders, and how Ozai burned his face in front of all these spectators. And Zuko and didn't, like, him. fight back, I don't think. Zuko was he just, didn't, like... He refused to fight his father, and instead of, you know, doing the reasonable thing and not fighting your 13-year-old, he you know, permanently disfigured him. <laughs> you know how it is. You know, because parenting, right? That's how parenting goes, right? Yeah, for sure. That's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and next then, episode. And then you have the Blue Spirit, which I didn't write on here, but that is my favorite episode because I love the Blue Spirit and I love the Blue Spirit's music. It is so good. And the Blue Spirit is such a cool character. And then you find out that the Blue Spirit is... <gasps> Sokka. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, the Blue Spirit was Momo the whole time. <laughs> Momo is the Blue Spirit. No, it's Zuko. And he went. He goes and um, saves the Avatar from um, Zhao. Captured him. Yeah. Yeah. But that whole like Blue Spirit thing is so cool because... Zuko only ever uses swords. He never uses firebending when he's the blue spirit. So it's like, damn, that's good. That's real good. And then we have the season finale, which is important. <laughs> oh, the Siege of the North. That last episode when, like, oh, when, like, everything just goes red. Yeah, everything goes red, and then it all just goes, like, black and white. Oh, it's awesome. Because okay. Zhao, who's, like, a Fire Nation general and just, like, a terrible person. He's the worst. Yeah, he kills the moon spirit. Which is a fish. A koi fish. Who swims in a constant circle with the the ocean the spirit. Ocean. Yeah. And a constant push and pull. You get it? Do you get the symbolism here? Do you understand the symbolism? Push, pull, moon... Mm-hmm. Whatever. Oh, we didn't go into the um, the thing about the moon being the first water vendor. Oh yeah, isn't All that of... so cool? That world building. Yeah, in Legend of Korra, they go into more like in depth of how people like were became like benders in the first place, but in this one, it's like Sky Bison were the first airbenders. The moon was the first um, water bender. Uh, badger moles were the first earthbenders, and dragons were the first firebenders. And they taught humans how to do that. So, that's really cool. cool. I love, like, all the little... The world building's so good. The world building in this show's so good, and it's just... It's so, like, well thought out. Yeah, and the way they introduced it, too, is, like, really good. Yeah. I just want to see their big plot board where they put all these different things. I know. 
You gotta. I can't know imagine ever coming up with someone this. How much depth. stuff is up there? So much. So the siege of the north, like, Aang goes into like the Avatar state, and he turns into like this giant koi fish made of water, who like completely wrecks the Fire Nation. <laughs> like just good for him. Like it's so good, and then Zhao gets like dragged down into the unknown and is never seen again you find out what happens to him in legend of korra but like whatever that's not important right now we're not talking about that now wait really yeah have you never watched legend of korra no i never watched it i only watched like a few episodes when it when it first started airing that i just didn't we'll, watch you know we'll have to watch it i know i kept i keep planning to watch it after i might as well do it now after my avatar rewatch yeah all right on to season two Oh, also at the end of season one, uh, Zuko and Iroh are now um, enemies of the state for the Fire Nation, so. That's fun. That's great. I love that. Season two, we get the introduction of Azula, who is Zuko's sister. Well, that's at the end of season one, is we see Azula. But we don't find out who she is until um, season two. No, she causes lots of drama. Oh my god, does she? She knows how to stir a pot. So we have my... F- I didn't put the first episode of season two because, like, it's whatever. It's fine. But Cave of Two Lovers is where it's at. I love that episode. That is one of my favorite pieces of music in this whole show. The music in the show is amazing. The music in Avatar is amazing, but the Cave of Two Lovers has, like, a really nice piece of music when Katara's, like, reading the backstory of, like, Oma and Shu, who then named the city Omashu. Mm-hmm. And, um, the music in that scene is so good, and then it goes into, like, watercolor paintings of the backstory, and it is beautiful, and they re- and they use that music again in like the last scene of the sh- of the series and it like makes me like tear up every time i hear it cuz i just get like that feeling that i had when i first saw the ending oh it's so good <laughs> and then oh we get secret tunnel in that one with the the nomad singing the big bag by Alright, skip some episodes. Like, nomads. Yeah. Skip some episodes and we get to the blind bandit. Ah, there this it is, is. This is Toph's introduction. And we also get the boulder and how the boulder feels conflicted about fighting a young blind girl. Who is just a you know, he's just a parody of the rock. Which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It is. The boulder. <laughs> And so we get, like, the introduction of Toph, and she comes from a very well-off family, but her parents treat her like she's made of glass, because they call her helpless, because she's small and helpless. And blind. Yeah, and Toph is like, I'm not. I am blind, but I'm not helpless. (laughs) Toph is, like, the meanest little girl, and, like, the most violent little girl ever. It's so funny. I love her so much. And then we get the episode Zuko Alone, which, Emma, you watched this one. You watched this one in the library in the desert. Oh, the library one. No, I did. Yeah, so Zuko Alone is the one that it's like, it's it's kind of like a western. Oh. 
where he has that like huge fight with the swords yeah 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 Yeah. i got you i got you so that is the that episode is basically a western zuko rolls up into town he's a stranger with no name he helps he like helps out this kid's family and then he gets into like a, a showdown with these uh earth kingdom like soldiers who are really just like abusing their power just like cops yeah (laughs) topical yeah it is topical (laughs) that came (laughs) you caught me off guard (laughs) (laughs) and then um like i love that episode so much and then you get more like backstory as to like what happened to his mom and how she left, and how he hasn't seen her since, and how it's all, like, real sus, because she leaves, and then his grandfather dies, and he's like, uh-oh. Yeah, we learn later a little bit more when he talks to the Fire Lord about it. Yeah, that she, like... But still, not much. Yeah. So, like, the gist of it is that... So, Iroh's son dies in the siege of Ba Sing Se and that like wrecks Iroh and it makes him like take a long hard look as to like what he's doing and that's like when he starts to like change who he is you know and become the Uncle Iroh that we all know and love and um Fire Lord Ozai is like trying to get his dad to to give him the throne next because Iroh's only son is dead so his bloodline is done and then Ozai's dad is like well fine you want to do that so bad we'll kill your son then <laughs> be like you and, need to know what pain of losing a, losing a child and it's like yeah. and then Ozai's Ozai cares like, about his son no Ozai's like do it I'm fine with it. I'll kill my son. And Zuko's mom, whose name is Ursa, she, um, she's like, no, how about not? And so she convinces Ozai that if she kills his dad, that he won't kill Zuko so he can have the throne. All that's sort of glossed over. It is, but to, it's never like, like it's just you can, implied. It's not explicitly stated. No, it's all implied because he goes, she did treasonous things that night. So you're like, so she killed him. Mm-hmm. She killed the fire lord so that her husband, who we assume is abusive, it, like it's inferred. In the comics, they go more into depth about this. Like there's comic comics that take place like after the series is done, and it's like implied uh-huh. that he was abusive, which duh. It's <laughs> like obviously he did burn his son. Yeah. So that's like a whole thing we figure out in that Zuko Alone episode. And then we get to the library in the desert where um Appa gets taken. This is where this is where when I was little that I didn't really care for season 2 that much because it made me very sad because mm-hmm. Appa gets taken and they can't find him. And so it's like Aang loses the one thing that has been with him his whole life the one thing that's like connecting him to his like people who are gone Mm -hmm. so it's really sad 
But the saddest episode, we'll get to, we'll get to that. Oh, we'll There's get actually there. two sad episodes right back to back on this list. Yeah. So we have Tales of Bossing Say, which I watched oh. today. I watched that episode today. Such a and good when episode. I got to like the every... tale of Iroh, I teared up. Oof. Even though I've seen it so many times, it still like makes me so sad. So and didn't Tales they of dedicate Say, that episode to the voice actor who played Iroh, who died? Yeah, because he died while they were, like, he died while they were recording season two. So if you can listen in some episodes, you can hear that it's a different voice actor in some parts. Like, in Tales of Bossing Say, the part where they're, where these kids are playing that, like, ball game, that's a different voice actor for Iroh. You can kind of hear so it. It's sad. like, it's a really good impression, but it's just a little yeah. different. It's a little higher pitched. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where we get Leaves mm. from the Vine, and that song makes me cry every single time. <laughs> I'm about to cry just thinking about it. Because Iroh spends his whole day helping other people out and giving other people advice, because he's like... It's a special day. It's a special occasion. And he's just going about his day, like, being the lovable, like, helpful, nice person that he is. And then at the end of the day, he's on a hill, and he sets up this picture of his son who died in the siege of Ba Sing Se. So he died in that city. And so he's, like, spending all his time there. So you know he's just thinking about it all the time because he feels so guilty because he's the one who, you know, put his son in that situation. And he starts singing this song, and he starts crying, and he says, if only I could have helped you, and it's so sad. It is one of the best, like, even as, I remember watching that as a child, and it, and it, like, and it got me. Yeah, it stuck with me. To the core. That's, like, one of the things I remembered from the show. Yeah. That's, like, the most important thing from that episode is the tale of Iroh. And they stick it in the middle of the episode. Yeah, it's like in between like this sort of like like Sokka has this thing where he's like a comedic relief where he's like <laughs> doing haikus. Yeah. And, like all the other episodes are really good too. Like Katara and Toph are really like that episode. I mean, like not the episode, the little shorts in the mm-hmm. episode. It's just like everyone is really good. Yeah. So after that episode is Appa's Lost Days, which is the other sad episode, and that episode broke me as a child. Like I remember just crying watching that episode. It is like like watching it again. I was like, oh my god, they showed this to children. Yes, they did. Like, I remember oh god, it so it clearly. Too much. It was so sad. Oh my god. Oh. Like, they just, like, show Appa getting, like, mistreated, and then he becomes scared of fire. Like, ah, Man, it is so sad. And then you see him, like, with all his fur get all messed up, and, like, he has, like, brambles and stuff, and he has, like, shackles around him, and it just, like, just seeing it like that makes me so sad. Yeah, because as a kid, and if you had, like, a pet growing up, like, you project your pet onto Appa... And it makes it, like, ten times sadder, because you're like, I couldn't imagine losing, like, my pet and them going through, like, such a hard time trying to get back to me. Oh, and, like, so there's, sad. like, these little, I think in that episode is where there's some little flashbacks. I think so, of, yeah. Of, like, when Appa was little. Yeah, and him and Aang chose each other. And that just makes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so sad. Okay, but it won't be sad for long. No. 
And then we have Lake Laogai, which I think is where Appa comes back. Yeah, he comes to back be, at the very end. To be honest, like, the end of season two kind of gets all blurred for me, because, like, Jet gets brainwashed by the Dai Li, which is, like, a branch of the Earth Kingdom government, and they're super corrupt and sketchy and shady. Mm-hmm. Man, we haven't and, even, like, delved, we haven't even delved into all of, like, how, ter- like, how weird and terrible Bossing Say is. Yeah, it's, like, it's... Like, when they first get to Bossing Say, there's just, like, they're always just, like, there's no war in Bossing Say, and they have, like, three walls, and, like, on the outer wall is, like, all the poor people. Yeah, it's very classist. It gets very into, like, how society is set up and how governments are run type of thing for kids. (laughs) And you're, like... Yeah. It's very, like, deeply layered, and, like, the more you watch it, the more you, like figure out things and you're like oh my god like that's so messed up it's one of the parts that got me so much about that first episode is that they were um there was this like woman who was supposed to be like their um their handler or whatever her name was like uh julie or something then um at the very end of the episode she gets replaced by another woman who doesn't look anything like her and he just goes hi i'm julie and they're like, what? There's another one. And then then he, and she's like, no, it's just me. There is no that more in Boston, say. It's creepy. It messed me up when I was younger. Yeah. Anyway. But they go very so, in, like, they delve into, like, controlling governments and that type of thing. And then, mm-hmm. like, in Legend of Korra, they go, like, hardcore into, like, controlling monarchs and classism and anarchists like it's so interesting but they like go really hardcore about that in legend of korra man we're gonna have to speed this up we have so many more episodes to go i know the guru chakra for kids <laughs> crossroads of destiny the ending of season two which is where like zuko betrays his uncle oh it's so sad zuko you think he's gonna change you think he's gonna turn against azula you think he's gonna go on with Aang and all of them, and he betrays them all and joins up with Azula to regain his honor. Mm. And then Azula literally kills Aang. Yeah, she does kill him. But then Katara brings him back because of this cool, this cool spirit water. She I was is. about to say, hold up. Yeah, she does kill him. He died. So the thing is about that, he dies, right? So shouldn't, in theory, another Avatar have been born? I guess it just just didn't happen. Because isn't, that's what happens when an Avatar dies. Immediately, another Avatar is born. Like, that's how the cycle continues. That's what happens. So, does that mean another Avatar was born? But he came back to life, so then they didn't. They're not the Avatar anymore. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe the spirit just got yeeted out of them. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, everyone thinks Aang is dead into season three. And then we have the headband. It's not a notable episode, but it is a Footloose episode, so... <laughs> it's really cute. And then you have the painted lady, which parallels Zuko alone, kind of, because Katara runs up on this Fire Nation village, and she helps them out, and when they figure out that she's not a firebender, that she's a waterbender, 
that they they don't turn against her like the other town turned against Zuko. Because there's not this like there's not this deep hatred for the Fire Nation or like the Water Tribe in the Fire Nation type of thing. So it's it's kind of interesting. You could see like some parallels in those episodes. Oh, Sokka gets his own episode with where he gets to learn from a master. I know, it's so good. Then, <laughs> it's just, like, so, I don't, I don't know, Sokka. It is. It's, it's a like, great episode. It's a really cute episode. Ooh, we get an obligatory beach episode with some, with a side of teen angst. That was so of good. Of course, of course. I love that episode. I know. That episode, you get, you can, like, see into, like, the psyche of Zuko and Azula and how Azula cannot interact. She has no social skills. Yeah, and also, and also, like, no emotional people. skills. No, she, ha- she cannot interact with people without using them or manipulating them in any way. Or, That's like, intimidating sad. them. It is. That, like, that episode, you see, you feel bad for her. Yeah. And, like, Zuko is very conflicted with himself because he feels so guilty for what he did to his uncle. And he knows that he... Like, this isn't where he needs to be, but he just cannot make that decision yet. He's not ready. Because this is all he'd ever wanted. That's what he was yeah. dreaming about whenever he was hunting the Avatar. But then now mm. he has it, and it's, like, not, it's not what he expected. It's not what he to be. Yeah. The Puppet Master freaked me out as a kid. <laughs> oh, man, me too. Oh, it's so like, creepy. Emma, out of all of the, like, elements... Which one do you think would be, like, the most deadly or, like, the most dangerous one? Which one? Um. I don't know. I mean, they all kind of have destructive aspects to them. I guess Earth, because it could, like, straight up just crush everything if it wanted to. Because there's not always water everywhere, but... Earth, you know, separate. In this episode, you learn that waterbenders can bend the blood inside of your body. Oh my god! And like control you. And like so cool. The way that they animated it, it like the cracking sound of like your muscles being forced to move on their own, as like the blood is being like moved under your skin, is the scariest thing ever. Who, who thought of this? Like, it's so creepy and you can do, and you can only do it in the full moon when like your bending is at its strongest at night. And so it's so like, it's so creepy. It's awesome. It is. I love it. It is awesome. But at the very end, Katara like does it to stop this. So what happens is that this this woman was like uh, manipulating people because she was from the Southern Water Tribe and she got stolen, and she was younger, and so she has this like, I guess it kind of parallels Jet. She has this like hatred of everyone Fire Nation, and so she just like steals people away every full moon, and she she wants to teach Katara how to do it, but Katara refuses. But tw- but towards like the very end to stop the woman. She like she uses blood bending on her, and it's just like at the very end, the woman is just so smug. She's like, "You're a bloodbender," 
And it, like, Katara breaks down crying, and that's how the episode ends. It's really traumatic. It is. It is, su- Emma, it's such a good episode. <laughs> they don't bring up bloodbending again in Avatar, at least. No, in Legend of Korra, they do. It comes just up again like, in Legend That's of kind Korra. of a cool thing, though. It yeah, is. I would never thought of that. It's so spooky. Like, ugh. And they play it like that. Like, that episode is like played like a horror kind of thing like a vibe because it is we're like they're telling spooky stories around the fire at first and then yeah they get invited to this woman's house and she has a creepy old room upstairs with lots of puppets yeah and it's like a whodunit like people are going missing but only on nights of the full moon you know mm-hmm. it's pretty wild and then Day of Black Sun. This is a two-parter. But this is this is important because this is where Zuko finally is like, no. This isn't what I want. I'm leaving you, Fire Lord Daddy. <laughs> the Father Lord. And he, and he confronts his dad. And he redirects lightning for the first time. And it is amazing. And it is one so of the best cool. speeches where Zuko, like, stands up for himself, and he tells his dad, like, what he did was wrong. And how he never loved him, and how he should have never betrayed Uncle Iroh, because Iroh has been the father to him that Ozai never was. And it is so good, and amazing, and I love it. And that's what happens. <laughs> but he said he's gonna go free Iroh, but at that point, Iroh had already broken out. Yeah, throughout because the you see whole these third scenes- season, he's getting, like, jacked in prison. It is He's getting so jacked and swole, and it's great. So buff. He's so He's buff, buff by the man. end. Oh my god! He starts off as this really like lovable, like fat, like uncle, and then he is, oh my god! <laughs> He's like doing like one on pull ups. That's kind of like what he wants to portray anyway, like little fat, lovable uncle type thing. Yeah, harmless. Mm-hmm. And so then anyways, so, yeah. Zuko joins the team with, hello, Zuko here. So it's great. Yeah, he's really bad at being good. He's very awkward. I love it. It's really we good. We stand. I stand him. And then Boiling Rock. The reason I put Boiling Rock on here is because Zuko and Sokka go on their magical adventure together, like everyone does mm-hmm. with Zuko, except for Toph. Toph does not get her magical field trip with Zuko, like life-changing field trip. Um, <laughs> but Zuko and Ta- Zuko and Sokka do, and that's where we get my first girlfriend turned into the moon. That's, that's rough, rough, buddy. That's where we get it. <laughs> like, what are you that's supposed to say is. to that? What? What are you supposed? We didn't. Oh, we didn't even deal with Yue. Ah, uh, you know what? You can watch the show and get details. She became the moon. Basically, she became the moon spirit. That was Sokka's first once girlfriend. The, once the moon died. Yeah. Very pretty. Love that. That's rough, anyway, buddy. Yeah, what do you funny. say to my first girlfriend turned into the moon spirit? I think that's like the most appropriate response. That's honestly. rough, buddy. Yeah. Oh, so Suki comes back in this buddy. episode. And Suki and Zuko, the last time they saw each other, Zuko burned down her village, and she goes, Zuko, like, introduces her, he goes, hi, and she goes, we've met before, and he goes, oh, we have? She goes, yeah, 
you kind of burned down my village. And he goes, oh, nice to see you again. (laughs) (laughs) He's great. He's great. The Southern Raiders are Katara and Zuko's life-changing field trip. And I I get why people would ship them. Like, I understand Mm -hmm. it. There is a fake-out scene, like, in season two, where they, like, almost kiss. They, like, have a moment, and you're like, ooh. I see you. It would make sense. They're good parallels, you know, like, fire and water, red and blue. Like, their colors are... I get it. I understand. I didn't personally ship it. I didn't really ship anything in this show. This show was before I started, like, shipping things. Yeah, me too. Was, I was just sort of like, oh, people ended up together. That's yeah. fine. I didn't really have any... The, on, the only opinion I had about the relationships were Zuko and May, where I was just like, eh. The only opinion I had was, like, I want to date Zuko when I was, like, ten. Yeah, that's valid. Like, okay, yeah. That's gonna happen. Like, yeah, that's gonna happen, little ten-year-old Ellie. That's very valid. I... I acknowledge your <laughs> your feelings. <laughs> you shouldn't. All right, so but yeah, I, this I, is the I one where we find episode. out what happens to Katara's mom and how she was murdered <laughs> by a fire because she was because she claimed she was the last waterbender when really it was Katara. She was protecting her, and so she confronted the man who murdered her mother and was straight up going to kill him. And then she he, was like, "You're so pathetic that killing you would be me doing you a service." So I'm going to let you live and suffer. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> There's just one scene where she's in, where she's like in the rain. Mm-hmm. And, it, and she's just like, my mother lied. She wasn't the last waterbender. And the, and the guy was like, who is it? And then she screams, me. And then and she then, stops like, the rain. And she's like, throws her arms out. And all the rain just stops and like collects in a big like dome above their heads. It's so good. And it's so That's like, crazy. this guy is so pathetic. Like he's just like on the ground. He's just sort of like. Oh, please don't kill me. Yeah. He actually says something like, oh, you can take my mom. You could kill my mom instead. Because <laughs> he hates his because mother. Because we see from, like, one scene that he hates his mom. Man, I hate that man. You should. He's not redeemable. He's pathetic. And that's why Katara doesn't kill him. Because, like, she'd be doing him a favor. Mm-hmm. And then we have the obligatory recap episode, which I don't understand why recap episodes need to be a thing. I liked how they did this episode, though. This is, like, the example of the one time that a recap episode is good. It's cute. Because they go to a play about, about like, their whole adventures that they've done, but it's told through, like, the propaganda view of the Fire Nation. And so... <laughs> It's their to- it's their story just being retold, and they watch a play about themselves, and it is the funniest thing ever. Because they call out, like, things that happen. or They even call out that The Great Divide is just a completely useless episode. <laughs> yeah, they, like, do, do all this meta stuff. It's so good. And how and Zuko so scars like a on the wrong side in some scenes, like... <laughs> That w- <laughs> when the kid goes, it's a great Zuko costume, but your scar is on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on the wrong side. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. And then we get to, oh, and there's a nice moment between Zuko and Toph since they don't get their like life changing. You know, magical field trip, together. 
where like Zuko feels Zuko has not seen his uncle since he's betrayed since no since he found out about Sozin because Iroh sent him to go find all those like documents about it that was the last time he saw him and so when Iroh broke out of jail like he dipped he disappeared he went with the White Lotus which is like this underground organization of masters and so there's a bunch of old people yeah he feels really guilty about what he did and so him and Toph have like a moment where Toph is like your uncle really loved you and he would be really proud of you right now so don't like Mm. don't be too hard on yourself and then she punches him because that's how she shows affection it's so Toph it's so good I just love Toph so much we get to the finale we finally made it guys the series finale we made it this is one of the it's a four part so it's four episodes it is Mm -hmm. one of the best finales ever it is one of the most satisfying endings to a show Mm -hmm. the only unsatisfying thing is Zuko's mom because we never really they never really go anywhere with it I think they sort of left that intentionally to sort of um for the comics because then they delve into it in the comics uh-huh. But. They have comics? Yeah. Yeah, they had comics. There's a whole bunch of them. Huh. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a lot of story in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, Smeller Bee becomes the leader of the, um... I'm just gonna take out a Smeller Bee. What a name. I Smeller Bee. I love her so much. She's great. We stand. The best name. <laughs> uh, yeah, four-part finale. Four-part finale... And it has one of my favorite scenes, which is the final Agni Kai, which is the final, like, showdown between Zuko and Azula. It is such a beautiful fight. Yeah, it's so pretty. It's so beautiful, because Azula's fire is blue, and they're, like... So Sozin's comment, like, amplifies their firebending to, like, full capacity. So when they're throwing hits, like... They're huge, out-of-control, like, fireballs. And so you have Zuko's, like, red and orange flames hitting Azula's, like, blue and white ones. And the colors hitting together. And the sound design. And the music. And, like, just the fight choreography is so amazing and beautiful that, like, it's it's so good. It's so good. (laughs) And, like, the culmination of Azula's plotline where she, like, she feels like her mother thinks she's a mon- thought she was a monster and that she was irredeemable and that she, like, pushed everyone away who was even close to her. Oh, like, when Tylee and May, ab- like, abandon her and yeah. betray her, like, like, she just finally snaps. Yeah, that's exactly and what then happens. at the very end, she literally, like, fires, like, everyone from that fires. She, like, gets rid of everyone from, the from like, the palace. Mm-hmm. And that one scene where she, like, is trying to put up her hair and she just, like, s- just, like... She cuts it, Snips yeah. off her, her bangs. And it's, like, all jagged. That one just... That just, like, really got me this time. It's so good. Because I feel like they could have redeemed Azula, too. Yeah. And I think they kind of do in the comics. Like, she has another, like, story arc in the comics. Mm-hmm. But, and like her story's just so sad at the end of the show. You're just like, wow, mm-hmm. she's she broke. Even though she's like, she's been like pure evil for like 
this whole season, basically. You've, yeah, you just feel bad for her. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we didn't talk about Aang. So everyone's telling Aang that he has to kill the Fire Lord. But, um, like, even his past selves are like, you need to kill him. You need to be decisive and make sure it ends. And I think he talks to all... He can talk with this, like, spirit to all the past avatars. Mm-hmm. And, like, even the other, like, air nomad, who was a, one of the other air nomads, who was an avatar before him, was like, you don't get to reach spiritual enlightenment. You can't be like the monks. You're, you're dirty to the world, so... Sucks. You just have to do what needs to be done. Yeah, you cannot... It was, it was like, really hard. Like, whoa. It was. It was so good. And all of, everyone's telling him that he needs to kill him, and then he makes that decision to take away his bending and said because he meets this giant lion turtle which came out of nowhere <laughs> yeah and it's just sort of show there's just like the sort of cryptic thing about like you know we used to bend the spirit before we before we could bend the elements yeah and so you find and out so that ang can take away someone's bending and he takes away Ozai's bending and just basically renders him useless or like um he's impotent you, yeah <laughs> And then, like, and then you get the ending, and Zuko becomes a Fire Lord. And, and he and Aang are sort of like... They're friends. Just, yeah, it's so cute! They and have, like, like, such a sweet moment together. And it's so happy. What, um, with, like, Roku and Sozin. Yeah. Like, the good ending. Like, we didn't talk about that, but, like, uh, Avatar Roku and um, the Sozin was the guy... Sozin was the guy who started, like, the war and tried to take over everything. Uh-uh. No more details. I need to actually watch the show. Okay. We'll leave it ambiguous for you, but that moment's a great parallel. And then the ending when they're all in the tea shop. That was so cute. I I started crying that part. You should start crying, because then that's when the music picks up. And then Aang and Katara go out on the balcony, and, like, the Cave of Two Lovers song starts playing. And then, like... The ending happens, and the music swells, and the camera pans up into, like, the beautiful sunset, and it hit, and then it says, the end, and then the show ends. And you just sit there, like, just kind of crying, because it's so good. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's such a fantastic ending to a great show, and that show has, like, stuck with me throughout my whole life. Mm-hmm. And there are, like lessons that I learned from it that have like stayed with me and that I like always go back to type of thing and it's very like it's great for kids to watch and it's great for really anyone to watch but especially mm-hmm. if you're for a kid, adults to watch yeah it is if you like any type of adventure or fantasy thing it's like a great show it is that show is for everyone. You can be any age mm-hmm. and, and still enjoy that show. Because it never, like, talks down to its audience. It's never, yeah. like... It doesn't try to make things, like, I guess, like, safe for kids. Well, like, it's, like, safe for kids, but it's not, like... It doesn't treat them like they're stupid. Exactly. And it's so good. And I highly recommend it. And it... it deals with really heavy topics. It really does. It gets deep into, like self-worth and like opinions on others and and like war it does and like um propaganda basically controlling governments 
authoritarian dictatorships. Like, the Bossing Say episode, we learn a lot about Bossing Say. Oof. Ooh, that got me. It's creepy. But yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Not awesome. But it's not awesome. It's like a good episode. Alright. Emma, tell me what did you think, because you didn't say anything for this entire episode. I mean, I haven't seen the show, so I don't know what you want me to tell you. No, you gave me some of your color commentary. Uh, I will probably watch it, if that's any consolation, but I don't have details to say because I haven't seen the show, so... You've seen a couple episodes. What was your vibes from that? I mean, it was in the middle of the show. I, but you can still have opinions, Emma, I, come on. I don't really have opinions right now because I don't know everything, so I can't really give a full honest, I guess, opinion about all of it. Mm, you're boring. <laughs> it seems interesting, and it seems like they do a good job with it, so it's probably a pretty good show, but it, I can't say anything really about it because I haven't seen it. Mm. Hmm. Well, you're gonna have to watch it now. Yeah. I wasn't satisfied with that answer. Anyways... We'll go ahead and wrap it up. Okay, well, you can fight me as well. <laughs> we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Emma's at her level of disinterest. I'm going to see if I can find that spider that terrorized me earlier. What spider? There Isabel, is no spider. Isabel, you have to leave it in now. There is no spider. There is no born bossing say. There is no spider in Ellie's room. I'm just going to gaslight you. <laughs> oh, God. Great. It's gone now. Maybe maybe there wasn't a spider. There was no spider in Ellie's room. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. cool, cool so, cool, cool, um, cool. hit us up on the social medias at Maximum Bumpitude. No, wait, that's not what it is. That's not what it is at all. <laughs> that it's is not it. Bump-pod. That would be the name, but yeah. <laughs> that's not what the... <laughs> That would be the name of this podcast, but <laughs> in case you forgot. Pod is the, um, the, the Twitter and the Instagram and the Tumblr. And the Tumblr. The Tumblr. And what's our email? Oh, you can call me hazybaby at gmail.com. That's it. That's it, boys. <laughs> That's it. Sorry, I'm sleepy and tired. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This has been Maximum Bumpatoo. <laughs> <laughs>